Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. Now on Sports Center at 6, LeBron and Kyrie take center stage tonight in Boston. Which star must shine brightest? The balls arrived in Lithuania. But is Lithuania ready for the big baller break? And with the Patriots getting ready for the playoffs, Rob Gronkowski joins us. How should we celebrate? I kind of want to talk about it, but I kind of don't. I don't get in trouble. Here's Michael Smith and Jamel Hill. What's good? Welcome to the best show, not just on TV, on Earth. <laughs> I don't care what the selection committee says. We're claiming that title for the sixth. Putting up a banner, throwing a parade in Bristol, the whole nine. <laughs> Shout out to national champion Central Florida. But seriously, anybody who's anybody is joining us today besides, obviously, yours truly. What more do you need? And the aforementioned Gronk. Coming up, you'll also hear from Kobe Bryant on how Kyrie's offseason power move has played out because they're playing a fairly significant game tonight in Boston in less than two hours right here on ESPN, as you may have heard. The Cavs and Celtics meet again for the first time since the season opener and for the first time in Boston since the summer's big swap. Bummer, though, that IT will not play the back-to-back his first game back in Boston after coming back last night against the Blazers, balling out to the tune of 19 and 17. So while that storyline and IT's tribute video will have to wait until February 11th, tonight we'll just have to settle, quote-unquote, for LeBron versus Kyrie Part 2. Uh, Dave McMenamin is with us now from Boston. So Thomas not playing tonight, but how much did his debut electrify and energize the Cavs, Dave, and for that matter, perhaps change even their view on that blockbuster trade? Michael, look at the Cavs roster. About half of them are 10-year veterans plus. And when you play an 82-game season, it can get pretty rote pretty quickly. And this Cavs team fell into a rut late in 2017, lost four out of five. Then they start off 2018 with Isaiah Thomas back in the lineup. I talked to Dwayne Wade after the game last night. He said, we needed that jolt. It gets all of us on our toes. It gets us energized. We're excited for what Isaiah is going through. And then we're excited to see where our team can go with the insertion of a guy who's a two-time All-Star who can pick up the pace, who can score 30 points on any given night once he gets this minute restriction lifted. Uh, so this is a really good thing for the Cavs. Not not so much just adding depth to their personnel, and that's good, but getting their attention because these are this is a group that sometimes doesn't really start to actually care until the playoffs. Well, they're going to care in January now with Isaiah Thomas back in the lineup. All right, Dave McMenamin, we appreciate it. Thank you. All right, we welcome in more of our coverage team. Uh, Doris Burke, thank you for joining us. Look, Doris, right now Kyrie Irving is playing his best basketball of the season, shooting 50% from the field, 45% from three, since he dropped 36 on Mike's 76ers on November 30th. Now, when you look at how he's thrived in the Celtics offense, what stands out to you? Well, you know, it's interesting. You can't talk to Brad Stevens, which I did moments ago, and be asking him about Kyrie Irving without a huge smile coming across his face and without him using the word special. And listen, in the games in the Eastern Conference Finals, Brad just told me it was Kyrie who was generating the action 
dictating all the action. The difference here is the ball is in his hands far more. Remember, he played with LeBron James, who will go down as one of the great passers in the history of the NBA. But now Kyrie is the person dictating all the action. He has proven to be a willing and capable passer. But as usual, Jamel, as you noted, when the game is on the line, this guy is incredibly special because he's impossible to keep in front. He gets to the rim with great regularity and finishes with both hands. So I love I love talking to Brad about Kyrie because he can't stop smiling. Yeah, if I had a player like that, I'm sure that I would feel uh, the same way. Number two, I believe, in clutch scoring. Thanks a lot. You're always clutch, Doris Burke. And after Cavs Celtics, we got another good matchup on ESPN at 1030. Paul George and his current team against, perhaps, maybe, probably, his future team in the Lakers. More on that story later. Doubleheader coverage continues after the six with countdown at seven. Though clear to practice Tuesday, Lonzo Ball will miss his sixth straight game with a bruised left shoulder after he felt soreness Wednesday morning. Ball did not participate in morning shoot-around today, but the plan is for him to practice Thursday with Friday's home game against Charlotte, a possibility depending on how he comes out of that. The Lakers do get Brooke Lopez back tonight after missing eight straight with a sprained ankle, but he'll be on a minute's restriction. Back to the ball. LeVar Ball escorted 19-year-old LiAngelo and 16-year-old LaMelo to look on Wednesday night as Lonzo's brothers begin their pro careers. LiAngelo and LaMelo are expected to make their Lithuanian debut January 9th in a Baltic League game, and according to the box office, most tickets for that 1,200-seat arena have already been sold. Big baller brand is in the building, and we called it. ESPN gave our man Jeff Goodman a ticket to Lithuania so he could follow the circus. What do you think of this? This is great. This is awesome. Like it. We're happy to have a new chapter in our lives. If I had told you you'd be in Lithuania when we sat down three months ago, what would you have said? I would have said, you're right, because i got to be global. Let's keep moving forward, though. What, what are your expectations of the kids here? My expectations is for my boys to have a lot of fun playing in front of people. Like I tell them, basketball is just entertainment. And we come into Lithuania to entertain. So, so you've been here for a few hours so far in Lithuania. Yes. What, what's your what's your takeaway so far? My you like the food? Is the food is good. Everything they were saying back in the states is completely different. Meaning what? what? I mean, they were saying the town is old. It's not elegant. The people don't speak English. Everybody been anywhere? Where were you just? Hey, you've been no, in the airport to here. That's I've it. I've been here for a second, and everybody talk English to me. And the food was lovely. No, the I'm hotel saying, is nice. The hotel is nice. That's an understatement. So what are you, you going to do tomorrow? Tomorrow's an off day. Tomorrow, the boys don't have anything. What are you, gonna, what are you guys going to do? You know what? Tomorrow's not an off day for us. We're going to find a gym. And we're going to get down doing something with the gym. Why don't we just find an outdoor court? Too cold for you, too cold for you in Chino Hills? I ain't never too cold for the big baller. I'll play in Alaska. I, I want to see you outside. I want to see you outside shooting. I'll be outside tomorrow, man. I'll be outside shooting. I got to find some rims, though, but I prefer to be inside. All right, listen, you, you have fun. We're going to have some I, fun. I can't man. believe you got me to Lithuania. Hey, I'm glad you're over here, man, because we're about to have some fun. I'm telling you, it's about to be short for Lithuania, lit. All right, there, there you have it. There you have it, LeVar Ball. Day one, much yes. more to come. Much more. Here we come, Jeff. I thought when I woke up this morning, we'd have a LeVar-free rundown. <laughs> but like my man and the girl next door said, I'm going to just learn to like it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to fight it anymore. I'm, just, I'm yeah. not going to fight it anymore. Like, like it's just, we don't, we don't run around it anyway. You're so right. I'm going to just accept it and learn to try to enjoy it. Just this. take it for what it is. And LeVar even says it's it. not so a music anymore. It's entertainment. That's all it is. For who? For who? some of us. Hopefully y'all liked it. 
Moving right along. Okay. Shout out to Jeff Goodman, Joel Lithuania. Four Bills fans, the euphoria for making their first playoffs since 1999 is still fresh, but today some bad news on the injury front. Running back LaShawn McCoy was a non-participant in practice, and the reports are, at best, he won't be fully healthy come Sunday when the Bills meet the Jags. Now, McCoy was carted off the field against Miami after badly spraining his ankle. Adam Schefter now joins us. Now, usually, Adam, you know this, when a player doesn't practice at this point in the week, that's serious cause for concern. So how big of a blow would LaShawn McCoy's absence be if he isn't a full go against Jacksonville and what's the backup plan? Well, Jamel, I think there was no doubt in the Buffalo Bills' mind that LaShawn McCoy was not going to be out there today during practice. I would be surprised if he practiced much at all this week. The fact of the matter is he is nursing a sprained ankle that caused him to be carted off that field on Sunday. And it was a situation as such that all along they thought and hoped that he'd have a chance to come back. Now, it was described to me as a situation where it'll be a game day decision and it'll be a quote-unquote close call as to whether he can play on Sunday or not. If he can't, they have to lean more on Mike Tolbert. They're going to have to have other players who make plays. But I think that we will not know about LaShawn McCoy's status until Sunday. And even if he is able to play, I can tell you right now, he will not be at full strength. Yeah, seems very sad news for the Bills fans. All right, the other big NFL development today involved John Gruden, who appeared on Golick and Wingo's radio show earlier today and addressed the report from you and Chris Mortensen that he's been offered or was offered at some point an ownership stake as part of a potential deal with the Raiders. Here he is. I guess the question would be if Mark Davis calls you and said, we've gone through all our candidates and John, you're the one we choose. We'd like you to be the next coach of the Oakland Raiders. Will you be the next coach of the Oakland Raiders? I think there's a good chance. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about where I am uh, in terms of studying the game and, and, and prepared to come back and coach. Uh, I did have a good meeting with Mark. I've known him a long time and uh, got a lot of respect for the Raider uh, football organization. Uh, it's been reported that they offered you ownership uh, in the team and some of the things that they've talked about. What can you tell us about that? There's no truth to that at all. I heard uh, Stephen Smith screaming at me on TV yesterday <laughs> on one of his shows. There's no no validity to that at all. None. Zero. So that's a nice segment that I saw, but uh, no, no ownership, that's for sure. Now, Adam, was uh, John Groove just being coy, and how soon before this deal is done? Well, Jamal, here's the situation. Essentially, they've had discussions about an ownership stake in the past, in other years, when Mark Davis has quartered him in the past. And they brought it up again this particular time. He is not expected to get that ownership stake. You heard that. It was never really an offer. It was something that came up as a point of discussion. But it doesn't change the fact that John Gruden still, as we've been saying since Sunday, is expected to become the next head coach of the Oakland Raiders. And when that deal gets finalized and it's signed off on, although that's going to happen, it is going to be a gargantuan deal. It's going to be a record-setting NFL coaching deal. However, of course it is at that point in time because he had that kind of leverage. He had that kind of power. Mark Davis has always wanted him back coaching the Raiders. He's talked to him in the past. They've brought up an ownership stake. They've had discussions about what it would take to get him back into the wing. He'll be the head coach of the Raiders. Okay, you use the word gargantuan. Such a great word. I know, the great word. Rarely you get an opportunity <laughs> to use it in a sentence. <laughs> but do you, you got any numbers for us? Got any, got any more intel in terms of how gargantuan is gargantuan? Gargantuan's pretty big, isn't it? <laughs> Way to avoid that one. <laughs> Appreciate you, Adam. Thanks a lot for joining us. Thank you. What do you want? I want the throne. During the College Football Playoff National Championship, tune in for a special look at Marvel Studios' Black Panther in theaters February 16th. 
God, February 16th can't get it fast enough. Gronk will be here soon. Uh, plus why Russ says Paul George will still be in OKC next season. But first, back to our 6 and 6 and back to Boston. All right, ahead and listen, I guess it'll be two hours from now. See, that's Jalen Brown. The Cavs and Celtics meet for the first time since opening night in the NBA. And for the time being, this Cavs-Celtics matchup always will be used as a way to evaluate who got the better end of the trade or who has the better shot to win the Eastern Conference. Jeff Van Gundy, our temptation is to make a big game like this even bigger than it probably should be. Because on ESPN. <laughs> the Cavs made the decision not to play Isaiah Thomas tonight. So what can we learn about these two teams tonight? Well, first of all, I think we can eliminate, I would love to eliminate the phrase, we're not going to rush him back because no one ever rushes back. So we can just say that no one's ever going to play back-to-back coming off an injury. But I think it's unfortunate that he didn't choose tonight to be the first night. I think it would have been great theater. I think he's a terrific player. He had a very good night last night. He's going to be a big help to Cleveland trying to push for another Eastern Conference championship. And I, I love the Celtics team, too. I think their young wing players, Tatum and Brown, have been exceptional. Uh, I think they have a great shot of winning the Eastern Conference, but Cleveland's still the clear-cut favorite. That's an interesting take, Jeff. If I could jump in here for a second. Like, you don't think that would be too much pressure on IT to make his first game back off of hip surgery at home in Boston? You think he should have waited until tonight? Pressure? What? I mean, like... I mean, he did play under it's greater fun. pressure, but still... Like, it's fun to play when no there's expectations. And he's a guy who's always seemingly embraced those expectations. I, I was just surprised. Like, if you're going to pick one of two games, why not here? Why not now? I, I don't care about the video and all that sort yeah. of thing. That doesn't mean anything to me. But, like, wh- why not play here tonight? I, I, I just don't understand. Hey, listen, I don't understand a lot about who plays and when they play anymore. <laughs> but but certainly, I, I don't understand bypassing a chance to come back to Boston where you were so great yeah. and have a chance to play in a big game. Well, hey, listen, that's why I'm talking here. I just feel pressure hoping to ask you some more questions. So appreciate <laughs> your indulgence, Jeff. <laughs> nice look, by the way, with no glasses tonight. Uh, so yesterday, Nick Saban voices his pleasure that the players only have one week to recover and prepare for the national title game. Turns out that's the least of his concerns. A week won't be enough for outside linebacker Anthony Jennings out for the game after knee surgery. Jennings suffered a sprained knee during Monday's night's Sugar Bowl. The Crimson Tide had been beset by injuries in linebacker this season. Dylan Moses, Sean Deion Hamilton, both currently out with season-ending knee injuries. Mac Wilson, Terrell Lewis, Christian Miller, all missed significant time throughout the past year. So Marty Smith, how is Nick Saban, and there of course is Jennings' post on uh, on social media earlier announcing uh, his surgery. God makes no mistakes. Amen. Marty Smith, uh, to you now, how is Nick Saban handling this latest setback at linebacker? I mean, it's disappointing, certainly, but I think he's probably more disappointed for Jennings than he is for anybody. I mean, this look, this is the 39th start missed by an Alabama linebacker in this season. Jeez. The 39th start missed by an Alabama linebacker this season. 47th start overall for the Alabama defense due to injury. So this is something that they've battled all year long, Michael. You just rattled off all of the names. Fortunately, they have tremendous depth. And fortunately, they got Miller back, and they got Lewis back, and Mosley has some reps. And all three of those guys will likely contribute on Monday night. We don't know which one's going to start yet. Uh, the staff told me today they have to see how they perform in practice today. But it's a big loss, man. All right, Marty Smith, we appreciate the perspective. All right, Rob Gronkowski set to join us in just a few minutes. And there he is. 
Gronk, you gotta get some artwork on that wall. It's a little too bare. <laughs> All right? <laughs> Feel free to show us around, too. At the end of the day, uh, the kid did what he wanted to do. With the game on the line, Kyrie's been the man. The king is alive! We the one they talking about. We the one. We the one they talking about. We the one. We the one they talking about. All right, here's your reading assignment for today, kiddos. Uh, go check out senior writer Jackie McMullen's amazing article on Kyrie Irving's I guess you want to call it a controversial departure uh, from the Cleveland Cavaliers. Among the many nuggets dropped in there was that Kyrie Irving or that the Cavaliers tried to trade him long before he asked for an eventual trade. Now, here's his quote kind of addressing that. I didn't feel the need to say anything about the trade request that came or the trade uh, that the Cavs tried to execute to Phoenix and included Indiana because I knew the truth and so did they. He also said, so it didn't matter what others said. They didn't want me there. Now, Mike, you and I have argued about this a lot, about Kyrie's decision to go to Boston and Mm -hmm. whether or not that was selfish and whether or not he should have stayed where he was. But hearing the details of that, that the Cavs tried to trade him first, go ahead and admit you were wrong. So the selfish part, why are you putting words in my mouth? I never said he was selfish. Okay. I have never. No, I did not. I have (laughs) never, ever begrudged a player for taking his career in his own hands. And I always said from jump, what matters if he's happy. My concern was, and Kyle repointed this out, he was traded. He didn't go there on his own. He was putting his career in the hands of the Cavs to pull off a trade that would have been beneficial to his career. I know he's got all the confidence in the world in himself, as he should. But he's in Boston and not Phoenix, mm-hmm. thankfully, for everybody involved. This is one of those all's well that ends well things. I don't know that we'll ever get to the bottom of what actually happened because they didn't want me here. It's kind of extreme. They may have been listening. And LeBron or, said that doesn't make any I mean, sense. They wanted him, but if they had a better option, that's the business. So he did what he had to do for him, and I'm happy for him, and I'm happy for both parties because they're both playing amazing MVP caliber basketball. All I ever said was Cleveland would not be crazy to force him to come back if they didn't get a good offer. Oh, but it sounds and, like... And Kobe Altman said he and Ty Lue discussed that in Dave McMenamin's piece. That's all I was ever getting at, was that this is a dangerous game he's playing. Betting on yourself when you don't hold all the cards can backfire. But again, the only way that he winds up in Boston is because he, he vocalized it the way the reports came Agreed. out. Because at least that, that sent off the light bulb in the Celtics' head saying, hey, we can go get this guy, or maybe we can get something to happen. Real quick, sorry, just, mm. do you realize that in, in Brian Windhorst's initial report, buried in that was, he thought about asking for a trade after they won the final. Yes. That was also an area of concern for me. What's up with that? Well, I mean, it was also clear from Jackie's piece, too, that clearly that him and LeBron, I think it was just some growing pains that he was going to, in the sense that he wanted, maybe not his own team, because I wouldn't say it that way, mm-hmm. but I think he just wanted to feel more in control of his career. And I hear you about the fact that you didn't have a no trade clause. You didn't have the option yourself. I understand that. But he had to put it out there in order to see what would come I back. Because he, look, Le- LeBron has rightfully so been able to architect his career. Yep. So he always holds the cards. And I think he was just trying to do the same thing in the best way that he knew how. Nothing but respect for him and the way he handled it. He bit his tongue when a lot of people were talking on his right, behalf. Because he could have said this a long time ago. Look how many people have been sensitive to, to the criticism, but he was quiet throughout it. So I respect how he just handled it maturely. So getting straight into the thunder, that didn't quiet the rumors that Paul George is L.A. bound this offseason. So it's no surprise that it's the big topic going into tonight's other game, quote-unquote, between OKC and the Lakers on ESPN. He's made no secret about his interest in heading home once he hits free agency. But Russell Westbrook, not about to just let him walk away easily. 
Better not you beat that. Do you feel like you're making a sales pitch to him this season? A who? A sales pitch to him this season? No. Sales pitch is going when we win a championship. Beat that pitch. That's your man's. <laughs> yes, it is. Why'd you giggle? Because that's the most Russell Westbrook. You without me is like cornflakes without the milk. <laughs> he didn't even say all that. <laughs> we're we're going to win the championship. Can you beat that? It's just like, okay, I hear you. Can Russ. they? Um, Can the Lakers, as much as he's talking up Lonzo Ball, now he's the best, one of the best players at his age ever? Yeah. Exactly. That's what Paul George said today. It seemed like Can he was pouring it on a little bit yeah. thick. Look, if the heart wants what the heart wants, right? And if he wants, but no, it's like where you going with this? But if he wants to go to LA, and by all accounts he does, then that's where he's going to end up. And, and look, I hear Russ because you know Russ's whole mantra is, "Look, you can be here or not be here. Right. I'm going to still be me. Right. I'm putting so, my head down and going to the best. Correct. Yes. Either I can win a title with you, or I can win it with somebody else. But it seems to me that Paul George. He just wants to be there, and then it, that's it what it boils down. It's, it's not about what OKC didn't do. It's not about other players. I think he just wants to be in L.A. No, and, it, and listen, it doesn't mean that he's not fully committed to the task at hand. Mm. I believe he clearly is. I don't think they're going to win a championship despite Russ's confidence. I really don't think the Lakers will win a championship unless right. LeBron is coming with him. I don't think the Lakers are going to win so a championship. So if you're not going to win, you might as well win in the city you're happy in. You took the word. You said, right. you said what, what I was going to say, except shorter and smarter. <laughs> 100%. He said, look, no regrets, not even one letter about how it all played out. The Pacers have done just fine. I think OKC, is their best basketball is yet to come. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it, it's just more and more evident the way he talks, pouring it on thick about uh, Lonzo Ball, talking about his affection for L.A., Brian Shaw, he laid out the whole tampering thing, how it came about. This is going. This is probably going to happen, bar even with some miraculous run. You know how sometimes, like, oh, if a manager or a coach, if they win in the playoffs, they still might get fired. Sometimes that happens when they're just already right. out. Even if OKC were to go deep, it just feels like this is predestined. Yeah, in a lot and of credit to the Lakers because they could have jumped the gun and went to get Paul George, which you want them to do. Yeah, since I you're did. playing that whole who was right, who was wrong game, you want them to pull I the trigger on the trigger. I wanted them to go and do it, and they didn't do it, and yeah. I think they're burned off. Because All right, of it. now both of us, we got pretty good senses of humor. If we do say so ourselves. We're good for a good one-liner once in a while, but we're not trying our hand at stand-up sketch or improv anytime soon. On the other hand, for a comedian, this guy right here is a pretty good tight end. What if I asked you to do one little thing? Why would I do it? (laughs) (laughs) In the bathroom, there is a package, and inside that package is $100,000. $100,000. You have until next stop to decide. Game time. All right, the Patriots cited Rob Gronkowski joins us on behalf of his new comedy special, Unsportsmanlike Comedy. It will premiere on Showtime on January 5th. Um, so, Gronk, we'll get to the special in a second, but all good humor is rooted in truth. And I love the, the, the joke you made about the Patriots winning 12, straight ga- 12 games in eight straight years, corresponding with your arrival to the Patriots, and you being an upstate New York guy, growing up, you know, following the Bills as you did, you guys haven't missed the playoffs, or you guys have missed the playoffs twice since 2001, and again, have this unbelievable run of consistency. When you see the Bills and how they reacted after ending their playoff drought going back to 99, does it make you look in in kind of greater perspective and appreciation for what you've been able to do in New England going in year in and year out competing for championships? Uh, I would say so, definitely. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm from Buffalo. I grew up in Buffalo. I got a lot of friends that are still Buffalo fans, uh, diehard Buffalo fans. And to tell you the truth, it's great for the city. Uh, 
it's it's great for the my friends and, and the, my family that still live there. They're super excited, which is great for the city. But I mean, being here in New England, and yeah, just want to win, and just got to keep working hard and keep grinding. Do you guys get to enjoy it though? Like, look at look at that scene in Buffalo again. It's been a long time coming for the Bills, but for you guys, this is just business as usual. And and do you fear maybe you may take it for granted, or even fans may take it for granted that it's a given year in and year out that with Brady, Belichick, Gronk, and the gang, y'all are going to be at the postseason party? Uh, I mean, everyone has everyone does it different, and if if the Bills want to celebrate like that, I have absolutely no problem if they want to celebrate like that. Uh, but. We just do things a little di- differently here in New England, and that's all we're worried about is just trying to get better every single week. Well, one of the more different things about this postseason for you is that you're you're healthy entering this postseason. So what does that feel like to you uh, to be in this shape, this condition, and headed into uh, the postseason the way that you feel physically? Uh, it feels good. I'm super excited. We just had a good day today, another good practice today. We got another practice tomorrow, which we're going to make it a good, another good day. And we're just trying to get better. And it feels good to be healthy. It feels good to be be able to go out there, prepare, see what I made my mistakes uh, this year during the season. And now with the bye week, be able to go out and correct the mistakes I made this season. So it feels good to be healthy. It feels good to be out there with my team heading into the playoffs. All right, uh, just so you know, uh, Bill Belichick, he's already said that despite how much snow drops in New England, you guys better be on time tomorrow. <laughs> um, now, look, the Bills are set up to play the Patriots with a win over the Jaguars uh, in that wild card matchup. Uh, what would it mean to you, though? You mentioned you're from Buffalo, so you know what it means to that city, to your friends, other people that you know. What would it mean for you to see them in the playoffs? Uh, I mean, it, it's going to be a very uh, competitive game no matter who we play. If we play Buffalo, if we play Tennessee, if we play Kansas City, it's going to be a competitive game no matter what. And whoever we see uh, next week after the, after our bye, it's going to be the best team we have seen all year. All right. Now, a potential meeting with Buffalo, if that were to manifest itself, that would mean a, another meeting with Tredavious White. we got to take you back there. We know you've covered this. But the one thing that was uncertain is whether or not you'd ever personally spoken and apologized to, 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 to Tredavious White. If you still haven't, do you plan on saying anything to him about that illegal hit that got you suspended? I just plan on competing uh, no matter who we're playing uh, out of the three teams. I'm just planning on competing next week, just planning on getting better this week throughout the whole week. And uh, I feel like everyone's just focused on on the games and Mm -hmm. no one's really focused on that anymore. So we're just competing, trying to get better and uh, do what we got to do. All right, that was a perfect Patriots answer, by the it way. Was. It <laughs> was. Hey, what, what, I just got out of a team meeting. What do you expect? <laughs> just that, just that, <laughs> right. just that. Uh, now, Mike talked about the consistency in which the Patriots have won year in and year out, and part of that is been able to keep a lot of your staff together. Now, there's been a lot of talk about Josh McDaniels might be moving on after this season. So what are the qualities beyond just the X's and O's that make him qualified to be a good head coach? Uh, he's a great coach. He knows his football inside and out. And uh, what's great about having him around is he knows how to get another player better. Uh, and it's great working with him. I uh, love, love hearing his coaching points, his coaching tips, and taking them to the field. And they, they definitely help out, and they definitely make me better as a player out there on the field. So great to have him around, and, and just we're just focused on the playoffs. All right, now, Gronk, you got a, a great sense of humor. Um, you have an infectious personality. So what can we expect to see from your new comedy special, uh, Unsportsmanlike Comedy? Yeah, I got Unsportsmanlike Comedy, so maybe that's why I got Unsportsmanlike Penalty this year. So, you know, just got to <laughs> gotta represent it. But, <laughs> but uh, that, I filmed that in July, the Unsportsmanlike Comedy, which premieres on Showtime. 
uh, this Friday, which is going to be pretty cool. Uh, it was a lot of fun doing it. The fans were awesome. We had a lot of laughs. I was actually only supposed to be up there for about five minutes, and all the other comedians were supposed to be up there for like 20 minutes, and I ended up being up there for like 20 minutes because I just got on a roll. Just kept cracking jokes. The fans were loving it, so I just stayed up there. So it was super fun doing it, and it was a great time. Everyone had a blast. It, it was something I would do again. Since you brought it full circle, allow us, because we were talking earlier about just this pitch man you become with this Dunkin' Donuts. Jamel says she saw a speaker in the airport yeah, you that you're selling. Yeah, got your own Bluetooth speaker You now. got all kinds yeah. of stuff going on. I saw the speaker, Paul. You're this, you're this gregarious, fun-loving, gronk-being, gronk guy, a lot of different jokes or what have you. And like you mentioned, unsportsmanlike comedy, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, that happens, and everybody's like, man, we didn't know gronk had that in him. So for the fans out there, how do they marry that moment with Tredavious White and what's one of the lasting images, one of the mistakes from this season, quite honestly, with the Gronk that we've come to know over the years and the Gronk we're talking to now? Where did that come from? Uh, just com- competing, competitive nature. And I, I brought I've told, I addressed it after the game and, yep. and said it was just frustration, uh, for sure. And just got to learn how to deal uh, with frustration and definitely learn from the process. So uh, just moving forward now. And definitely just trying to get better as a player and just learning, uh, learn my lesson and just learning te- new techniques on how to deal with frustration. And that's just to keep working hard. All right. Well, we're looking forward to uh, unsportsmanlike comedy. If that, if that was a, a sign of things to come, that should be pretty doggone funny. But don't quit your day job anytime soon, okay? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> All right. I All appreciate right. it. Thank Take you. Care. Thank you, Grant. All right. So here's a fun fact to repeat at parties. Since Kyrie dropped 36 on Mike Sixers on November 30th, Irving has averaged. <laughs> 27.2 points per game, 50% shooting from the field, and is shooting 45% from three. He's also second in the league in clutch scoring. And guess who's number one? That man, LeBron. Don't ever say I didn't teach you anything. Speaking of teaching, one of the ultimate students of the game, Kobe Bryant, has developed a mentoring relationship with Kyrie Irving, likely because they see a lot of themselves in each other. Here's what Kobe had to say on what he sees in the young Padawan, Kyrie Irving. Basketball Network. You got two hands, Batty. Use both of them. You got two hands, Batty. Use both of them. You got two hands, Batty. Use both of them. You're only half a player with one. You got two hands, better Use both of them. You got two hands, better Use both of them. You got two hands, better Use both of them. You're only half a player with one. You're only half a player with one. One just won't get it done. Can you shoot? Can you go right? Can you go left? Three simple questions. If you can't shoot, then it doesn't matter if you can go right and left. The defensive game plan is a simple one. Cut off your angles to the rim. Sure, your coach can have re-pick set for you, lower the screen, get you out in transition before the defense has a chance to set up. There are a few guards that have had great careers playing this way. But did they maximize their full potential? Tony couldn't shoot when he first came into the league. Westbrook didn't trust his jump shot either. Nor did John Wall. But like the greats before them, they took the time to develop it. Why? Because shooting is the key that opens every door the game has to offer. Take Kyrie, for example. Sure, we all love to see how he dances with the ball and shakes past defenders. 
But what we fail to see while he's shaking and baking is the inner fear defenders have of him simply raising up and knocking it down. Knocking it down off the dribble, off the catch, off the screen, or simply sizing up a defender from a triple threat position and knocking it down. Shooting is Kyrie's primary threat. From this foundation, he now has the ability to build out the rest of his game. Trickle penetration. No, I'm not talking about the shaving and bacon. I'm talking about the basic idea of driving right or left and being able to finish at the rim with either hand. Now, imagine if he never developed his left. Even with his shooting ability, he would be eliminating half of his offensive options every time he touched the ball. And how could Kyrie be the best Kyrie if he could only use one half of Kyrie? What? But Kyrie has all options available to him. He can use the entire court as his canvas to create. This puts the defense in a horrible position. Every option the defense chooses is the wrong one. Give him the jumper, no problem. Push him right, no problem. For some left, no problem. The game seems easy for him because it is. Taking the time to develop the basic necessities of the game has made it so. Now, from these basic necessities come the spins, the stopping goals, the crosses, the double crosses, the behind the backs, and all other moves that entertain fans and embarrass opponents. Yes, the shaking and baking. But after all that shaking and baking, he still only has three attacking options. Shoot, drive right, drive left. It always comes back to the basics. Kyrie understands that simple is more important than sizzle. Process is more important than performance. Crafting is more important than creating. He understands that doing extraordinary things come from doing the ordinary things over and over and over and over again. Do you? Kyrie is still just 25 years old, and he could be still scratching the surface in terms of his potential. I don't know what voice that was. Keep that was doing, crazy. According to Second Spectrum, Irving has increased scoring rate on isolation plays over the last three seasons. Right now. Okay, that's enough. Okay, I know. I was freaking myself out. He ranked second in that mark in the league, only behind James Harden. All right, a lot of people disappointed that that man, Isaiah Thomas, won't be playing tonight and his return to Boston. However, he was great uh, with the media earlier today. I almost walked that way in, in their locker room. Now, it's, um, I mean, I, I love this city. I love this organization. This is, they've given me the opportunity to be who I always wanted to be, and I, I can't thank them enough. So there's no hard feelings to, to anybody in this city or anybody in this organization. And I, I'm, I'm glad I'm back. Uh, like I always said, it's, it's genuine love, and that's, that's for the rest of my life here. So. A lot of memories. easier that you are. 
All right. You remember when Kevin Love was going to be a Celtic? <laughs> Don't talk about it. That did actually happen. Yeah, remember right? that was supposed to be the done deal back in the day? And he's looked pretty doggone good for the Cavs, 20 and 10. This season, only a handful of guys do that, but I know you don't really respect Kevin Love. See, oh. there you go. Yep. Just starting to start some trouble. Yeah. Uh, speaking of starting trouble, let's start some with our partner, Mike Wilbon, who is live there right now. Uh, Wilbon, we've been talking about this game all hour, and we'd love to get your opinion on this. This has obviously been billed as a Kyrie versus LeBron kind of matchup, but in your mind, is this a significant game to either one of them, Kyrie or LeBron? Happy New Year, you two. Happy Haven't New talked Year. to you guys for a while, so it's good to be on with you. This is about Kyrie. I mean, LeBron, look, there's buzz in the building. You guys know how this is. When LeBron shows up anywhere for these games now, I mean, he's the man in the league. And everybody's building, everybody's opponent, everybody gets up, everybody's city gets up to see LeBron and the Cavaliers. LeBron's not up. He doesn't need to be up. They're just getting their guy IT back, as you guys have already discussed, you already know. They got to get him up and running by, I don't know, March 1st? Not tonight. Kyrie's the guy who this means something to. I don't believe much in statement games in an 82 NBA, 82 game NBA season, but this has to mean something to Kyrie being on this floor playing against LeBron James. Yeah, I think it definitely means something, but not as much as we like to think it does because the point's already been proved. We talked about it earlier, he's already been proved correct to force his way out, end up in Boston, and he's going to ultimately be judged whether or not he can win a championship or championships independent of LeBron. To your point, Mike, not whether he can win on January when they don't even have IT back. So even if he wins tonight, it's not as if it's going to be like, oh, Kyrie Irving made a statement. I mean, we get it. He can lead a team. But it's, it's still significant. It doesn't have yeah. to mean everything, sure. but it means something. And yeah. so I think for him, until he beats him at something significant, th- he has to take this and add it to the resume. Hey, Mike, earlier we had um, Jeff Van Gundy on. He was saying he was disappointed that IT didn't choose tonight to come back. Now, given that he dropped 19 and 17 minutes, looked pretty good last night, do you think that Boston should have revised its back-to-back plan or its plan not to play him in back-to-backs and said, hey, you look pretty good. Let's go ahead and have you play against, have a, uh, play against uh, excuse me, that the Cavs should have re- revised their plans and had him play against Boston. Well, like Jeff, you know, we've been, we were scheduled to come to this game for a long time and we didn't know IT was going to play the previous night. So, yes, I'm personally disappointed and yet – if I'm running the Boston Celtics, if I have any contribution into what IT does, it would not be to play tonight. Playing last night, for one, you got the back-to-back games issue. You want to see what he's like and his recovery's like. You've seen half of that. But also, why bring Isaiah Thomas into this sort of emotional cauldron, if you will, yep. coming back to Boston, playing tonight? They don't need that. The Cavaliers don't need that. We as a network would love to have it. We as <laughs> basketball observers and fans would love to have it. But if I'm the Boston Celtics, I'm not going anywhere near that theme, that emotional commitment. They got plenty of time down the road for that. February 11, I think, is the next time they tee it up here. That would be soon enough for me. If I was running the Boston Celtics. Yes, uh, the Cavs, uh, same, same night as, uh, uh, same date as Sunday as Paul Pierce getting his jersey retired. I was retired. running the Cavaliers, excuse me. See, I, did the same I can't thing. even trade him properly. I did the same thing. It's still hard to wrap our mind around what a blockbuster it. deal. Hey, man, appreciate you making the time for us. Enjoy the game. Thank you. Tonight right. on Sports Number SVP after Thunder Lakers, he'll tell you what he, we learned from the showdown between the Cavs and the Celtics. A uh, month away from the trade deadline, Adrian Wojnarowski joins the show to talk about who might be dealing, who might be getting dealt, and uh, Oklahoma's Trey Young scored 39 last time out, what he did do for an encore in the rivalry against OK State. <laughs> All right. Um, probably, I mean, we only needed one DTM because this one was so good. Um, not So not only will UCF hang a national championship banner in their stadium, 
But AD Danny White says all coaches will get paid their national championship bonuses. And they just announced they will be having a parade. We knew they were going to have a parade. Well, it turns out the parade is going to be at Magic Kingdom. This is perfect. Who's to argue? That's, that's doing a lot. No, it's not. This is doing exactly what you should be doing. Who is to argue with this? I'm sure those coaches appreciate okay. that extra 13 money. 13 and 0, it's like making their own poll, a poll of one school. <laughs> uh, before we call a day, who had a good day? Uh, Jags owner Shad Khan has donated 500 tickets to Sunday's playoff game against the Bills to refugees from around the world who have settled in Northeast Florida. Another 500 tickets have been donated to displaced Puerto Ricans and their families and communities throughout North and Central Florida. So I'm sure they appreciate that. Fantastic. Staying in the AFC South. Look at that. That's where it starts. JJ Watt posting this video, him and Deshaun Watson rehabbing together. Something special brewing. Yeah. That's Uh, where it starts. Speaking of uh, (laughs) the Bruins, Josh Rosen announced he's going to the draft. All right. No surprise. On On Twitter. Twitter. NBA Countdown's next. Cavs Celtics at 8. We will see y'all tomorrow.